Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. Next weekend, <laughs> next weekend, uh, I'll be coming to you live from Charlotte. We're going up uh, there. I've got a, a wedding to do. And uh, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, Constance. I love you. And, um, you know, Constance, I was just thinking, your name really is appropriate for you because you are consistently, you are constant in your support and your verbal affirmations. You're usually, anything I post, especially on Instagram, you're the first one to comment on it. And I just, I just want to tell you, you are, you are aptly named because you are constant. You are consistent. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to give you that. Anyway, um, so I'll, we're in a hotel next weekend, so I'll be streaming from Charlotte. And uh, then the following weekend is uh, meditation weekend number 16, and it's going to be amazing. Chattanooga, Tennessee, if you want to go, uh, scroll up to my cover photo and all the information is there. Uh, if you've never been to one of these, let me tell you, everybody just kind of makes this and what they want it to be. Some people like to hang out and connect and fellowship. Other people, it's a real time of, of uh, solitude and being away and, and being quiet. And uh, so there's no, it's very fluid. The, the um, you know, the, the, hey, Dr. A, the, uh, the phrase manna, the word manna, it's not a noun, it's a question. Uh, that says, um, it means, what is it? And the meditation weekends are like manna. It's like, I don't, I don't give you a lot of rules. I don't, the only structure we have is the sunset and the sunrise. The rest of it, it's totally up to you. There are some people that just like to go to these things and, and when they're not there, they want to go to their room and sleep and get caught up and uh, with their me time and be contemplative. Other people like to hang out and, uh, you know, go out partying and stay out late it's totally fine so um, you adapt it to however you want it to be as long as you show up for sunset on Saturday and sunrise on Sunday the rest of that's all on you some people hey Cheryl some people turn it into a um, uh, little mini vacation other people it's a very serious time you know to just be quiet so um, there, there's no there's no wrong way to go on the meditation weekend so uh, whatever your plans are if there's a flow to it that's fine if uh, you, you do what seems organic to you but we will be there October 28th and 29th and then the following Sunday we'll be back uh, in the theater uh, landmarks Midtown Art Cinema we're in the theater first Sundays of the month and um, John Johnny Almanza the, you remember some weeks ago I told you uh, yeah exactly John it's a good balance um, the guy that I heard playing on the cello the cello one day out on the sidewalk and uh, I just loved what he was doing and and then later I thought you know I'm gonna go find that guy and uh, schedule him and so I did I, I, it, it took me a few attempts to connect with him but I finally found him and I've got him scheduled, and um, you're gonna love him. And then uh, I still am making plans for this, but the 
the date and the location are for sure. Uh, our, our, um, I mean, we'll be back in the theater first Sunday of December, but then our December, our Christmas event is going to be on Saturday, which I'm really, it's the first one we've ever done on a Saturday, so I'm really happy about that. Because usually we do these on a weeknight and uh, you have to deal with the, you know, the residue of Atlanta traffic getting there, so that, that will not be an issue on a Saturday. So that's really good news. And uh, it's gonna be at the Red Light Cafe in uh, basically right down the street from the theater. It's on Amsterdam. And it's gonna be um, Saturday, December 17th at 7 p.m. Avery's already put a, uh, <laughs> a song, Mr. Tello, man. Actually, I might even see if he wants to come that night and do a little, because it's you're going to love this guy. He's like really, really sweet, and you'll get it. Um, but um, I'm still putting the program together, but we are going to be in the theater. I mean, in the Red Light Cafe on December 17th, and uh, on the website, I'm just, I'm just going to charge everybody 20 bucks. Just like a $20 cover charge. That'll cover the rent for this place and help me pay for whatever entertainment we get. Uh, it's not going to be dinner. Uh, there is a, a like a complete open bar there that does sell food. So if you want to uh, get something to eat, you can. They're also, I'm also going to have them cater some, like some party trays. And uh, also, they're, they're totally fine with if you want to bring some baked goods and set those out. So there'll be lots of, you know, lots of options for you. Um, our our uh, Christmas events are always wonderful. And we've, we've done some big ones. You know, a few years ago, we did one at Collinwald. And I don't even, it was probably the biggest one we ever had. And because th that one was amazing. And we've done them at, uh, a couple of them at, um, uh, the roads, the mansion on Peachtree. We've done them at La Maison Rouge. Uh, this one's going to be really cool and eccentric and uh, very hip. And uh, you can dress up or dress down, however you want to come. But uh, if you want to, if you want to go ahead and reserve, that helps us to kind of know how many to expect. So just go to bishinthenow.com and click on there. You can go ahead and pay your twenty bucks to get in and. Uh, so that's going to be great. All right. Now I'm going to give you this disclaimer um, before I speak today. And I want to be very careful what I say. Because what you say sets the tone for something. And I know I didn't do affirmations and breath work today. But um, I, I'm, going to, I'm just going to skip over that today because I, I just want to get right into this. Um, One thing about the gift that has always been mysterious to me is sometimes I've gotten a word uh, that uh, uh, just really rocks me. I mean, it just, it's like sometimes you'll get a word that blesses you and then sometimes you get a word that just, it just turns you in a different direction. And I've never, I've never understood how this works, and I maybe I don't even want to understand it. I like, I like that there's a mysterious element to the teaching gift. I, I don't want to fully understand it, frankly. I like that it's beyond my 
comprehension. Um, but I've had teachings before that just felt like I thought, oh my God, this is gonna, this is gonna change history. And and I, you know, I gave it and people liked it and you know it was really good. But I don't think people felt it like I was feeling on the inside. And there's other times I just had it. I mean, I've actually nearly had an app, not an afterthought, but I've I've gone on thinking, man, this really isn't a strong word, you know. But it's what I got. This is what. You know, I'm totally dependent on spirit, source, the Holy Spirit. Uh, like, I can't speak unless you give me something. I don't, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. I mean, I do teach, but I don't even have a word for what it is that I do. And uh, so, and I don't want you to try to define it. I like that it's indefinable. Um, I don't, I don't want to put it but um, there's other times I just thought this really isn't a strong word, and I just kind of, hey, when could you just die down? And just give, give me about an hour. That would be so lovely. I honor and respect the weather. God bless you, Mother Nature. But just bring the wind down just a, just a little. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I'll just kind of give those well, this is the best I got. I put it out there and people are like, oh my God, completely. Uh, you know what? Let me try this, Connie Sue. Maybe this, let me bring it right here and see if that blocks it off a little bit. That may help. Okay. Hopefully that's better. Um, yeah, I know when the wind blows in that microphone, there's not, it, it, uh, uh, hey Mike. Was that hallelujah because I moved the, <laughs> moved the thing? I don't know. Hang on. Um, so, is that way better? Okay, good. Thank you, Chantella. And so, sometimes I'll just kind of, I'll just be like, well, this, this is what I got. So, I'm going to give it. And people like, you completely changed my life today. So there's a whole part of it that I don't understand. Then sometimes there's a connection. Sometimes I'm like, wow, this is a really powerful. Uh, all, right, I, all right, the wind's pushing back now. All right, fine, wind, do, do what you're going to do. Um, <laughs> Y'all, stop making comments for a minute. I gotta get, I, I've got to get this said today. Because it's like fire shut up in my bones. Um, and that's not a good thing. When the, when the prophet said, uh, you're in Kenya? Wow. That's awesome. I'm, look, Mike can hear me in Kenya. So there. Um, that's awesome. Hey, Kenya. Um, there's sometimes it's, I feel it and you feel it, but it's like, it just depends on the, anyway, I've made my point. Today feels like one of those that it was like, it just hit me so hard. I thought, oh my God, I just felt the tectonic plates shift. I just felt my uh, foundation move. And, um, uh, but I can't, 
you know, sometimes I, I feel like if I announce that, it nearly jinxes it. You know what I mean? It's like, so I'm just going to, I've probably said more than I should. So I just speak into the atmosphere and I say, let there be light. Okay. All right. I have, um, I've referred to Matthew, the 18th chapter frequently. Uh, it's one, it's definitely one of my go-to passages. I even, one night at 11, one of my 11 11s, I, I talked about the first part of it is where uh, Jesus brought a child and set him, set him down in front of everybody and said, unless you become like this child, uh, you can't enter the kingdom. And I was talking about authenticity. The kids, kids haven't learned to be phony yet. And so they just are themselves. So there was a, a whole teaching in that. And all of it, chapter 16, 17, 18, I think 19. Yeah, 19. Uh, it's all one conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples. Um, chapter 16 is where he says, uh, who do men say that I am? And, you know, the, the disciples all gave him their feedback. And, um, where he says, uh, when Peter speaks up and he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Um, but chapter 18 seems to be a lot, especially the last half of it, seems to be very much about relationships. Like in verse 15 of Matthew 18. Uh, it's where he says, um, if, if a brother offends you or if you've got a situation with somebody, uh, it says, go and, and tell it to him. You know, if, everybody, if people just um, observed Matthew 18, 15, there would be no gossip because people would stop wasting time talking about other people and just go to the person and, and get it fixed. And then he says, um, in verse 16 of chapter 18, he says, if he won't listen, try again, bring a third party with you. That may be because you, you need mediation or you need a witness to what's going down. Most people never even make it to the first step, much less the second one. And then he says, after you've brought a, a second person, if, if he still won't hear you, then just go tell it to the church. Take it, go public with it. And if he's, he won't hear you then, he says, just basically move on. He's, he's, he's saying, um, do what you can to repair a broken relationship and, and go the extra mile. I mean, he, he, he talks about three, he gives you an outline for reconciliation, three specific steps to take. And if, you know, if you bring it in front of the church and just say, you know, I've tried to fix it with this guy. I brought a third party in he's just not receiving me uh and you know that in in reality there are things that relationships go through that are never repaired i mean it's just i'm just telling you some things like what there's a proverb that says a, a brother offended is harder to be one than it takes a city than one who takes a city um i mean i've in years past I've had riffs with people that I actually went to them and served in communion and got down on my hands and knees and washed their feet and it still didn't move them. And you know, at a certain point, when you're washing somebody's feet and you still can't get through to them, you're like, you know what, I'm free of this. This is your problem, this is not mine. And you just have to shake it off and move on. Jesus, Jesus did, 
did give, did give the disciples an exit ramp for this kind of thing. He said, you know, go into a city and give them everything you've got. If they receive them, if they receive you, lay your life down for them. If not, shake the dust off your feet and move on. And um, that's kind of the way I feel uh, when sometimes when I have to block somebody on Facebook, which I haven't had to in a long time. But to me, blocking somebody is the cyber equivalent to me shaking the dust off my feet and just saying, I don't want to contend with you. You're, you're just contentious and you're stressing me out and you know, we're done. Go with, you're not a bad person. You're not going to hell. Go with God. We just can't flow together. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? So, um, so those Matthew 18 verse 15, 16, 17, are all about that. Um, I'm going to come back to verse 18, but let me skip down to verse 19. In verse 19, he says, if, if two or more of you agree, as King James says, as touching anything, um, it'll be done for you. And then in verse 20 is where he says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. All right. So verses 15, 16, 17 is try to fix it, try to fix it, try to fix it. Verse um, 19 is about agreement and the revelation of the Christ. Jesus was saying, he, 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 was talking, he was talking about the Christ there. He says, where two or more of you are gathered together. There, it's not like Jesus appears in bodily form. Jesus was the, the physical conduit of the Christ for 33 years. He didn't say, I'm going to show up like on the road to Emmaus. He's saying, when two or three of you who are on the same page, in the same flow, in the same lane, in the same zone, when you get together, something manifests that is the Christ, okay? And... Um, he doesn't, he really doesn't mention, uh, prayer there. You know, when people talk about, people talk about, uh, agree with me in prayer. I'm like, I'm not sure that's actually a prayer. He says, uh, he says, uh, if any two of you agree as touching anything, meaning, um, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a consciousness. It's a, it's an attitude. It's not a prayer. I've joined hands with hundreds of people throughout my ministry and prayed with them that I didn't feel like we were really in agreement. That's why when I go visit somebody in the hospital, I will say, what, what exactly we, what are we agreeing for? And uh, because, you know, if you're, if you're planning on having a surgery, I don't need to be praying against that. I, I just need to, I, I might not even need to pray. I just need to agree with you. And there are people in your life that if, if, you're, if they've been brought into your life and you're in the zone with them, you have a connection where they could just say to you, hey, would you agree with me so-and-so? And y'all -so? don't have to pray. You just say, I got you. That, that, you know, the prayer is nearly, I'm not anti-prayer, but it's nearly unnecessary. It, it's like the, the agreement is more of a, well, it's like, I mentioned this guy with the cello. 
I saw him the other day. I have never prayed about it. But I said, hey, you guys, I saw this guy playing the cello on the sidewalk, and I want to schedule him for uh, um, Metron. Just agree with me for that. And you all did. And a few days later, I found him. Uh, I'm yet to pray about it. And again, I'm not anti-prayer. It's just that's Jesus is talking about a lifestyle, a mindset, okay? Now, verse 18 is right in the middle of that. And this is where he says, in the King James, says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Some of the other translations say things like, whatever you forbid is forbidden. Whatever you permit is permitted. One translation says, whatever you lock is locked. Whatever you unlock is unlocked. And I've taught on that. I've taught about I've taught about the power of agreement for years. So that part of it is not new. But today, uh, I was thinking about, the reason I was telling Deirdre uh, where to park this afternoon, uh, Deirdre grew up in, um, most of y'all know Sean and Deirdre, and they've been to uh, uh, many of our, many if not all, I know a lot of our uh, meditation weekends, even where were we? In, were we in Jekyll Island, I think? And she was like three weeks before her due date with Penelope. And uh, anyway, she, as a little girl, she grew up in Church in the Now. And then uh, uh, when I started Metron, she started going there. And I married her and Sean, what, I think five years ago, maybe? They, they just had their fifth anniversary. And they have two little girls now, uh, Amelia and Penelope. And um, so when she messaged me a few weeks back and said, I want to do some kind of dedication or something from the girls. Can we work out a location? I don't remember if I suggested Piedmont Park, but there's a, there's a little space there that's, it's just really good for, like I married Marshall Ruffin and Corey there. I married Robert Rutherford and Robbie Joe there. Uh, it's just a beautiful little spot. And, um, I don't know if she knew about it. If I, I don't remember, but, um, so we worked out a date and we worked out a time and, you know, trying to work around nap time for them and for the girls and um, what would be a good time when I'm through teaching for the, on a Sunday. So we came, it's four o'clock this afternoon. And if you saw the uh, two paintings I did, some people think it was four paintings. That was, it's two paintings I just did on both of them. I wrote girl power and I, did a close-up of that that's what I was showing it's not it's not four it's two and I'll deliver those today um but sometime back because she because Deirdre wanted to send out a um, um like an invitation to some people for for this event and so sometime back she messaged me she said this may be a dumb question but what do you call this is it a christening it is is it a um dedication what is it? And I said, well, people use the terms interchangeably. Technically, when you christen a baby, you Christianize them. Christening has to do with giving the baby a Christian name, uh, which, you know, it's a very uh, Catholic tradition. A lot of other, uh, a lot of Protestant denominations um, 
observe that, but particularly from Roman Catholicism, you know, at a christening, you, you, the child is Christianized. They're put into the church. You're considered a member of the Church of Christ when you are, or you could say it Christened, christened. Um, and she said, I actually prefer the term dedication. I said, well, I'm, I'm more likely to say that, uh, especially because what, uh, Amelia's three now, I think maybe something like that. Um, and even, and I'm going to say this, do not write anything political on my, do, do not befoul my comment section with political jargon. I'm just going to say that Friday night when I went to see Patti LaBelle, I recorded the debate between uh, Senator Warnock and um, Herschel Walker and watched it when I got home. And um, this is not a political endorsement, but I've known, I've known Pastor Warnock for many years and I wouldn't consider us friends, but we definitely know each other and we've done several events together and I've spoken in his pulpit at Ebenezer and he's always been super, uh, super respectful of me and I've always I've always admired him that's not that is a political if you if you think I'm endorsing him as a candidate that's on you I'm just saying this is somebody I know very well and have very high regard for um, but he's in when when the whole thing about uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned and choice and abortion, when that comes up, that's very tricky territory for a pastor. And, uh, you know, he was being super careful how he answered the questions because Herschel Walker's saying, uh, you know, he's coming from a different place. Again, do not, if you make political statements here, I'll, I'm gonna delete you, do not do it. I want you to hear my point. Um, so he was being very careful and not use jar. I hate when people say you want to kill babies. Nobody wants to kill a baby. If a woman has a miscarriage, you don't go have a funeral. You don't put, you know, <laughs> it's not baby killing, but I, I don't want to get in the weeds about abortion. Just don't do that either. I'm serious. Do not do it. Um, but you know, when you, when you go to a debate, you're coached on, you know, certain phrases that are going to like, um, they say that, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan won his debate against Jimmy Carter by saying, there you go again. And that, that resonated with people. And they say that, uh, uh, Lloyd Benson won his, um, debate against Dan Quayle when he said, I worked with John Kennedy, sir, and you are no John Kennedy, which Dan Quayle should have come back and said, I didn't say I was John Kennedy, I was quoting him. But the point is, uh, there's a, in politics, there's a, a word or a phrase that really will just be the, man, that's the clincher. And sometimes debates are won or lost on those. Now, when it comes to Warnock and Walker, both of them are claiming victory in that. And I, I, I don't know, I, frankly, Herschel Walker did better than I thought he would, uh, just from previous hearing him speak. And, uh, so, I mean, I'll give him that. And I don't think Warnock did any damage to himself, but he clearly 
was being uber careful not to alienate swing voters, even in saying he wouldn't vote for Joe Biden, or not at least not saying that he would, because Joe Biden's, for whatever reason, uh, his uh, um, approval rating is very low in Georgia. Again, do not, I swear to God, if you, if you put something political on here, I'm going to delete you. Because uh, I feel very strongly about this word, and if you start arguing about Herschel Walker, you're going to you're going to hijack my anointing today. I'm trying to make a point here because um, Herschel Walker said something back to Warnock that sounded like it sounded like a coach had given this to him, but it's the kind of thing that if you say it in the moment, it can really be a zinger. And he says to him, because he, you know, Walker is saying, you want to kill babies, you want to kill babies. And I'm like, no, he's, I don't think he wants to kill a baby. He wants women to make choices about their bodies. Um, but he says to him, um, uh, you, should, you shouldn't be ki killing babies, you should be baptizing them babies. And I thought, I know that sounds like a really good gotcha statement, but it's not... It's not um, a very intelligent statement because Baptists don't baptize babies. But, uh, Baptists and Pentecostals and fundamentalists, they don't christen babies. In, in, in those kind of a denomination, like I think, I think Ken told me in the Methodist church, they probably christen babies. They, they, but we, we, def, we were like, uh, in the Pentecostal church, we considered infant baptism like a false doctrine. Because, because, and I'm using this, I'm taking some license with this, because we were pro-choice. We believed that following Jesus in baptism is something that you should choose of your own free will. And that's where this whole doctrine came up about the age of accountability, which is not in the scriptures, but people definitely believe it. I remember one time uh, at Church of the Now I was preaching, I said, how many of y'all grew up with the idea of, of the age of accountability and everybody raised their hand and said, when was it? And in unison, everybody said 12. <laughs> like, where did y'all get that? That's not even, there's no scripture for that, but that's, that somehow got into the uh, ecclesiastical zeitgeist. But we Baptists are in that sense, pro-choice. Like, you know, uh, baptism is about discipleship. It's about following Jesus. Jesus went as a 30-year-old man into the Jordan River and asked John the Baptist to baptize him. So for people, I, I thought, Herschel, that sound, that's a really good, technically, I would go, uh, he got you on that one. That's, that's gonna, that one may live. It's just that it's not applicable to Pastor Raphael Warnock because he doesn't baptize babies. He's a Baptist. Baptists believe they are pro-choice when it comes to discipleship. They, they believe that you can't, you can't um, tell a baby what it's going to be. You have to let it decide. Let he or let him or her decide. Okay. So, so today I was kind of thinking about because I don't do this a lot now. I mean, back in you know church in the now, my God. Every, we, they were so prolific there. I was dedicating babies like all the time. I mean, I, I run into adults all the time who tell me, you baptized, you uh, dedicated me as a baby. And I'm like, well, I haven't seen you in 30 years. Like you look really different. But I mean, 
at Church of the Now, we had there was a lot of families, and and they were being fruitful, and they were multiplying, and I was dedicating babies right and left, which I love doing. I was like, I'm, I, you know, kind of got the reputation of being a baby whisperer, which <laughs> I don't like. I don't like for people to feel pressure because, you know, there's a lot of babies that I've dedicated that really connected with me and made eye contact and, and that became so well known that I could tell parents some parents were like oh please don't cry please don't cry because I'm like no don't they're, they're babies they might be hungry they might be wet it's okay if they cry um, but I was thinking about it today because I, I do the um, the Christian rituals so rarely now like baptism and communion that sort of thing that uh, I have a tendency to think Think more about them. What do they mean? What, what exactly are they? Because when I was, thank you. <laughs> um, a little bird sign. Um, when when you're doing it like all the time, you don't think about it. You know what I mean? It's like auto. You're on autopilot. You're baptizing, you're, you know, and when the church was really, really big, I was just doing it all the time. Uh, now it's so rare. Like when we did communion and baptism this past Easter on our meditation weekend, I really thought about what does this mean? What is this? And I, I only want to do the parts of it that feel authentic to me, not just like these people the people who follow me now, if I never did it again, they'd, ne they'd never think about it. They would never say it again. Uh, so when I do it, it becomes extra meaningful. So today I'm thinking about um, dedication and I think, what, what exactly are we doing? I mean, what is it exactly? Um, and I was thinking about the fact that uh, Deirdre sent out some invitations to people who I'm assuming are you know, family and friends who have some kind of connection to these little girls. And I, it reminded me, I thought, you know, this isn't really about, I mean, it is about the girls, but it's also speaking to this community of people uh, that are going to be a part of these little girls' lives. Like the old African proverb that says it, it takes a village to raise a child, it does. That's not some socialist, you know, uh, platitude. It, it really does. It wasn't just your parents that raised you. It was the people, it was your extended family. It was big mama. It was the neighbors. It was like, they all, they all shaped you. The, the kids you went to school with, like you're, you are a composite of all these people who are a part of your upbringing, spoke into your life. That's why when I do a wedding, if, it's, if the wedding has attendants like bridesmaids and groomsmen, I will always say to them, uh, you're not just up here for, um, you know, to look good in pictures. Uh, uh, the tradition is you are, you are supposed to be witnesses. You're people close to this bride and groom or groom and groom or bride and bride uh, who you have some connection with them and uh, so your standing up here is your sign of agreement. You are saying, I put on this dress or this tuxedo or, you know, I, I showed up for this event and I'm standing here. And by my standing here, I'm saying I agree with this union. 
and sometimes I will, I don't do it every wedding, but if there's a big wedding party, I will even ask. I don't ever say, uh, uh, if there's anybody here who knows why these two should not be married, speak now, forever, hold your peace. I just, I just don't feel like that. Cause I think, no, this wedding, you could have people uh, uh, sitting out here, don't really know this couple and they've got opinions that might, and they're not paying for this wedding. So I'm not asking them, but I will ask this wedding party because these people are close to them. So I will say, are you in agreement with this? And are, are you willing to do everything you can to support this union? Because your friends are very influential. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a, uh, if you're a woman, you're marrying a man and one of your bridesmaids hates the guy you're marrying, you better watch out because she's going to say things to you that could affect the way you think about him, that could ultimately affect your marriage. So you've got to have people who you really believe have your back and trust your instincts and tell you the truth and all that kind of stuff. So I was thinking today, I thought, well, when I dedicate this baby, I mean, I'll I'll ask Deirdre and Sean a couple of things. Like, are you willing to, uh, I used to say, give them a, 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 a love for the word of God and all that. I, I'm not even sure that's in my vernacular now. I would be more likely now to say, are you willing to do everything in your power to make your daughter trust her choices to find God on her own? Uh, when it comes to God, I'm pro-choice. I believe you should, I believe that's, you know, something you should decide what you, what your belief system is. It shouldn't be imposed on you. Um, and so today I will say to anybody here, whether you're a grandmother or a cousin or a friend, you're here today because you are going to be on some level, a part of this child's life. So the example you live in front of her, the words you speak to her, they are going to be instrumental uh, and a, a, a part of what makes her, turns her into the woman that she's going to become. I mean, you come, you come into the world partly, uh, you know, as you are, but then there's other uh, people that, you know, sort of speak to your potential that shape that destiny, okay? So it's, uh, it's partly who you came in as and then how other people respond to you and I'll take it to the next level. It's not just what other people say to you, it's what you agree to. So this is what I saw today that as many, I am sure, I think it's very safe to say that in 50 years of uh, preaching, I have, I have taught Matthew 18, 18 hundreds of times. That is not hyperbole. I'm sure that I have. I've written about it. I've talked about it. I've done series on it and I don't retract anything I've said. I'm just adding to it because today, and you know, the last time I taught on this, I, I was, I said that what I want you to notice, it, it doesn't say whatever you bind on in heaven is bound on earth. It says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So it's like earth is calling the shots, not heaven. It's the decisions we make here that are deciding what happens on the other side. So I'm reading that today and I'm reading it in context and I just had never noticed this before when it says, whatever you bind on earth, he's talking about, like I said, verse, 
verse, uh, I'm sorry, I got, I got some guys over here talking. Verse 15, 16, 17 is all about relationships. Uh, verse 19, 20, about relationships. So if I follow the complete line of thinking, um, when he says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven, I don't think he's speaking to an individual. I think he's speaking of like a binding contract. Like if I'm if I marry somebody, we enter into a legal contract. We are legally wed. And it's recorded at the county seat or wherever wherever they keep the records. Like if you got married, you entered into a, a bond. They call it the bonds of matrimony. Uh, you, you, you bound yourself to somebody. You are, you, uh, you are tied together to them. You are wed. You are betrothed. Okay? And when that happens, somebody will record it. And, um, and they'll write, on, like I, I do on, um, when, I sign, when I marry somebody, when I, I sign their license, I have to sign, I, Bishop Jim Swilly, on such and such a date in the county of so-and-so, married so-and-so to so-and-so. And so it's, and then it's, it's recorded somewhere so that uh, it's legally real, okay? And until there's an annulment or a divorce that looses that person, they are still bound and wherever it's recorded, that is still the reality, okay? So when he's talking about, in verse 15, 16, 17, about if there's somebody you've got an issue with, do what you can to try to fix that thing. Because if they're a real player in your life, they're going to affect you. We all affect one another. We all influence one another. And they're going to affect how you feel about yourself. Now, again, this is, I've taught along these lines, even... The last time we had Metron in the theater, uh, Ernie and Avery and Kevin and I uh, went to lunch and we were, we were kind of talking about agreement and about the words you say to somebody and how they affect them. And I said, well, uh, if somebody says something to you that's damaging to your self-esteem, it has to, they, you can't agree with them unless it's something you already believed. Like if somebody said, uh, you're a, a a blue Martian who just flew in on a spaceship, you could say, no, I am not, because you don't, you don't believe that's what you are. If somebody says to you, you know what, you're just a big loser, you might agree with that because you might have had those thoughts before. And if you enter an agreement with that person on those words that they've spoken, that becomes your reality with them. Let me explain. Haven't you ever noticed that you're different with different people? Like, there's some people that just seem to bring out the worst in you, and there's some people that just bring out the best in you, and you think, why is that? And it's uh, many times it's because you've entered into an agreement with them, and they think a certain thing about you, and if you're not strong enough in your essence of who you are, and I, I can even take it back to the beginning of this chapter where Jesus said, unless you become like a child. A child, a, a child doesn't know who he or she is. A lot of times people, until somebody tells you 
you're this or that. You just have no, you just have no awareness of it. And um, uh, so this is what I saw today in this that I've never seen before. Um, like, like for instance, I'm sorry, the, 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 for some reason, everybody's coming up on the roof. Um, like, for instance, if you ever saw, um, uh, well, yeah, exactly, John, you can, just because they think a certain thing, you can, it, it, like, it's like, if I'm going to really follow this metaphor, it's like one person in the relationship draws up a contract. And you, I'm not saying physically, but emotionally, spiritually, they draw up a contract. And if you sign that contract and you say, yes, I, I enter into an agreement with you that I am, uh, you know, a loser or whatever, then you don't become a loser. But when you're with them, you, you act like that. Okay. Um, there's other people you're with. You're like, why am I'm not that way with this person. It's because they think differently of you. Now, just because that's somebody's contract doesn't mean that has to become your reality. You can change it. You can say, no, I'm not going to sign that. That's not who I am. Let me change the way that you think about me. That is possible. You can rip up that contract and draw up a new one. Are y'all still with me? Okay. Because uh, I'm, I'm having to block out a lot of noise right now to get this set. And I will get it set. I'm okay. Um, so, um, so I think if I need to go downstairs, finish this. So, uh, he's nearly through. So, um, here's, here's the thing. Like for instance, if you ever watched, um, my fair lady, uh, which is a, the musical version of Pygmalion. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm fine, Rhonda. My, I've, I, and I, I, I will get it said. Exactly. Usually nobody's up here, but it's just a beautiful day. They, okay. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate that. Um, at the end of, of My Fair Lady, she, uh, Eliza Doolittle says to um, uh, what's his name? Rex Harrison's character. Uh, she says to him, uh, you see me as a flower girl and to you, I'll always be that, uh, thank you, Chantella, that, uh, cockney flower girl. So Colonel Pickering sees me as a lady and to him, I'll always be a lady. Uh, Henry Higgins. I can't think of his name. That's right. Professor Hig Henry Hig Higgins. Um, there's a real truth to that. Like for instance, um, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but my friend Howie's online here. I've known Howie since, uh, he was 17 and I just turned 18. I'm six months older than him. And, um, he would, I guess, qualify as my best friend. I think that's what he would call me. Uh, what he says and Howie, correct me if I'm wrong, but on many times he has said to me or he has posted, I think you're the smartest and most gifted person I've ever known. How, if you didn't say it, bring me down a peg because I don't want to 
I don't want to speak hyperbole here, but he just really believes that I hear from God and he's, I've known you longer than most people in your life. And I can tell you, you're the, I can tell you're the real deal. So when I talk to him, these, when I call him on the phone, our conversations are like supercharged. They're super elevated. I, I end up using vocabulary that I don't normally say to people. Uh, I come up with revelation. A lot of times we end up crying on the phone because he has this exalted view of me that when I talk to him, I just kind of rise to that occasion. It's like it just, it just pulls that out of me. I'm not that to everybody. Oh, thank you, Howard. Now, see, you're going to make me cry. I'm using that for an example. And this is true for many of you. I'm not just singling him out. He just comes to mind. Thank you, Howie. I appreciate that. Same, I noticed Elwood's on here. I've, I've known Elwood. I don't know what year did y'all come to Church of the Now. I don't even remember. I know it's when we were in the first building. So it had to be back in the 90s. And uh, Elwood's on my board for uh, JESM. Uh, but... Um, uh, Thank you, Constance. 1994, okay. So, um, I, I don't talk to Elwood all the time. I mean, like, one, I think maybe it comes down to about lunch once a year. He usually takes me out of my birthday. And uh, I'll hear from him because he periodically sends me an offering or something. And um, uh, But when we sit down together, it's like this thing just amazing exalted am i am i misreading it elwood it, it, that's the way it feels to me it feels like when we sit down together there's virtually no small talk other than how's elizabeth and how are your kids and then we just get into like this really and i've even said to him before you know i don't talk like this to everybody because that's who he that's who he thinks I am. And so I signed that contract. And so when I talk to him, all right, I'm not overstating it, am I? Elwood, that's, that's what you think. And I think that about him. I mean, it's not, the thing is, you can have revelation, but if you don't have somebody that hears you, it's like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, does it really make a sound? If a man has revelation and nobody hears it, does he really have revelation? Which came first? Is it, is it my teaching gift or is it you pulling it out of me? It's probably both, but I don't have it with everybody. And it's not people who misunderstand this in a shallow way think, oh, you like that guy more than you like me. It has nothing to do with that. It's this person thinks of me in a certain way that maybe you don't think of me. So when I talk to them, I'm not trying to sound different. It's just, it's just, that's, that's what we bound on earth. We're, we, we signed that contract. We, we are bound to that contract. And we bound that on earth so it's bound in heaven. Let me just let that sink in for a minute. So that the, the binding, and yes, Dr. A, it is like deep calling into deep, exactly. The binding and loosing has nothing to do with spiritual warfare. It doesn't even have anything to do with prayer, really. It has to do with the bonds that you enter into with somebody, what you agree to. 
if you agree to something, well, okay, and that's exactly Elwood, and that's why we have that rapport, and we don't have to talk every day, because like, you know, when we, when we do talk, it's like, well, that was deep, that ought to, that ought to hold us for a while. That's why I'm not, look, I'm not saying that I'm on some exalted plane or something, but I don't enjoy small talk either. Like, I can't tell you how many times in a week somebody will just, uh, especially if it's, uh, like, this happens a lot with, like, I've, I've friended some pastors recently from other countries and stuff, and here we go, you know, it's like, hey, how's your evening? You know, they're trying to, and I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not a, ch I'm not chatty. I'm not gonna, uh, <laughs> Howie, I knew you get it. Do you, did you, do you hear what I'm saying? We bound it on earth, baby, and it's bound in heaven. Shoot. That's why, that's why I don't get upset when not everybody's able to go the distance with me. Like, for instance, there are many of you listening to me right now that knew me before October 10th, um, 2010. And when I came out, it might have been a surprise to you. It might have shaken you a little bit. It might have, um, I don't know, it might have done a lot of things to you. But it had no bearing on what we had bound on earth together. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, wow, I didn't see that coming, but there's nothing in the contract that says, this man's my, the voice in my life, unless he tells me he's gay. There's no, there's no clause for that. So if that's what you signed up for, that's why those of you who are still with me after all these years, that's why, you know, some of y'all, most of y'all don't live in Atlanta, but you know, I'm the voice in your life. And so you like, you slept down here. Cause like, we don't love it like he does, but he loves it. So that's where he is. So that's where we're going. It's not even a matter of you just trying to support me. It's deeper than that. It's like, no, we signed a contract and we bound it on earth. So it's bound in heaven. Oh, they're all leaving now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was speaking in tongues. Um, so it, it has no bearing on that. It's like, it's like, it's like Paul saying to the Corinthians, no, no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there are many of you that's like, wow, I never thought, there's some of you who never thought you'd have a white pastor, much less a gay white pastor. But you're like, I didn't see that one coming. But I, as I, as I look at the contract that we bound on earth, that is recorded in heaven, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever we loosed on earth is loosed in heaven, then um, I don't see any clause that says, uh, oh, thank you, Ebony. I don't see any clause that says, you know, there's no, there's no escape clause to this. I mean, you're, you know, apparently you're my dude from now until heaven. We bound, we bound it on earth, it's bound in heaven. And until I officially loose it on earth, because that happened to me a lot. I mean, the day after I came out, lots of people wrote me and said, to whom it may concern, you are no longer my bishop. And you know what I think? I never was. 
We never did have a binding contract. I'm not saying that there aren't changes you go through in a relationship. I'm saying when you read Matthew 18 in its full, in its context, it's talking about, even when he says where two or three are gathered together in, uh, in my name, that's, may I suggest to you, that's not just any random three people. That's not just any random two or three people. You only have the Christ with people who are really on the page with you that, that understand what you're saying. And I'll tell you this, you know, um, when Jesus said a prophet's uh, not without honor except in his own country, your own, your own flesh and blood family won't even... Yes, it is making the space for spirit to take form. Exactly, Doug. As Jesus was the embodiment of the Christ for 33 years, now two or more gathered in his name become the embodiment of Christ. Paul called it the body of Christ. So you could say, well, my mama will always love me. Well, she may always love you, but she might not ever know who you really are. I'm not sure that Mary totally knew who Jesus was. She had a kind of an understanding, but not really. I remember um, uh, years ago, I was listening to uh, uh, Barbara Streisand in a, uh, she, she hated to sing live. And in 1967, she did this big thing in Central Park and she forgot the words and it was terrible and she, and she really got stage fright and she's, I'm never doing live again. But then in, in the early 90s, she kind of got over it and decided she was going to uh, start doing live concerts again. And so it was a big deal. She did this thing in Las Vegas that she was coming out of, not retirement, but to uh, she was going to start doing live performance. And her mother who always had a complicated relationship with her mother. So she, they paid, people paid ridiculous amounts of money to go to this concert. And so she says to her mother one day, she says, um, uh, do you know, they're paying me $50 million for this one concert. That's how much people are paying for these tickets. And instead of her mother saying, wow, just look at you, you know, your, your father died when you were two and you were raised in Brooklyn and we were poor. And look, you've, you've become a legend. No, her mother looked at her and said, why the hell would people pay that much to hear you sing? Your sister sounds just like you. And she said, you know, she get, learned over the years just to take it in stride, not take it personally, and understand that her mother was never gonna see who she really was. That's why Jesus could say, who are my mother and brothers? It's the ones that do the will of God. In other words, they're the ones who really know me, who really understand uh, you know, who I really am. So somebody even in your own family can love you unconditionally and not understand at all the contract that they have that you, you know, that you have with other people. Um, you know, they, they could say, oh, well, I tell you, classic example, Jesus goes to his hometown and the people there on the side, like, this is Joseph the carpenter's son. And when he was there on, on their turf, guess who he became? Joseph the carpenter's son. He could build cabinets in your kitchen, but he couldn't do any mighty miracles. Um, that's why if somebody... If somebody doesn't understand my teaching and it keeps confounding them and it keeps, 
you know, they're upset about it and they want to argue about it and they, you know, whatever. I'm like, you're a wonderful person. I'm, I don't think we're, I don't think we have a contract because if we really did, you would, you would hear what I say and say, Hmm, I, you're going to take, give me a minute on that one. You might even say, there's a couple things he says I don't agree with and probably never will agree with, but he's my boy. You know what? I've entered into a contract with him. I still believe in the rapture, but that man, when he speaks, I've had people tell me, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this over the years. People who would leave the church back in the day who would say, I don't even like you, but you have the words of life. I can't, it's like, you know, the famous line from Brokeback Mountain when, uh, uh, one of them says to the other, he says, I wish I could quit you. <laughs> I've had people say, I hope that doesn't offend you, but I don't like you. But my God, you're my pastor. Because when you speak, I get revelation. There's other people that don't have that. And I want to go, baby, please go watch Jimmy Swaggart or Kenneth Copeland or, or you know, T.D. Jakes or somebody. Because I'm just not your dude, you know, because you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't get it. It doesn't mean you're. A bad person it's just we we didn't bind anything on earth and so that's why it's so it's not recorded in heaven anywhere so it's so easy for us to disconnect and that's why he says and here's your missing piece verse 18 is whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven you have lots of contracts with different people you know you have many relationships in your life and some of them bring out the best in you. I'm your dude. Thank you, Greg. This sounds... I'm just going to say this to you. And I'm assuming Ken's still watching. He might have been called. Um, but sometimes Ken will take a picture of me. And people will go, oh my God, that is such a good... Jericho <laughs> I don't even know what a Jericho march is. That's at the end of a Pentecostal service when everybody walks around and says, when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. That's what we used to do in Jericho marches. Anyway, um, sometimes people will say, I bet Ken took that picture of you. And it really is true because I think there's a way that he sees me that when he takes a picture of me, it just... I just look better than I actually look because that's what he draws out of me. And there's these subliminal things that are happening all the time that you wonder, you know, why am I this way with this person? It's because you've entered into a contract. Don't look, don't be mad at your family members that don't get you or don't understand what you teach or don't understand me. Like, like, um, this has probably happened to many of you watching. Like, you just love me and you love what I say and you bring a family member. Like, you're going to love this guy. And they're like, I do not get this at all. It's because they're just, they don't know my voice. I don't have a contract with them. They're not a bad person. It's just, there's nothing bound on earth. So there's nothing bound in heaven. But here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Verse 18 is, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And then he says in verse 19, 
if any two of you agree, not pray, if any two of you have a binding contract together, if any two, if you read it in context, if any two of you are, uh, have entered into a contract and the two of you agree, listen to this, not on the authority of the name of Jesus. Oh, really, Allie, that's cool. Not on the authority of the name of Jesus, not in what you think about prayer, not what you think about God, not what your theology is. If any two of you, hear me, have a binding contract, if any two of you have entered into agreement as touching, not praying, touching anything, it shall be done. And let me tell you this, it doesn't always work in the positive. Like, haven't you ever, you think about some of the things um, you, you've done in your past that without the influence of somebody else, you would have never done it. You're like, I can't believe you got me in trouble like that. I would have never done that. It's because on some deep level, you've entered into a contract and they're the senior partner of the business transaction. They're the ones calling the shots. And so when you're with them, you end up getting in trouble because they pull that out of you. Why? Because of your binding contract. And that's why I don't want to make some crazy doctrine about this, but I think there, there's sometimes you come to an end with a, situ, a situation with somebody and you say, this person's not in my life anymore. And this has nothing to do with forgiveness. I'm happy to forgive them, but I need to publicly say to heaven, as of today, I loose myself from this contract. I am no longer in contract with this person who says I'm this or that. I tear up this contract and whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. This person cannot pull me down anymore. They can't pull me into doing something I don't want to do. I am free of them. The contract is terminated and I would like to alert the clerical office in heaven to say to whom it may concern on the other side, I, the first party, am no longer under contractual obligation to so-and-so. This contract is now null and void. And here's the problem what happens in a lot of relationships. People go through divorces, they go through breakups, they do what, but they haven't ended the, they haven't broken the contract yet. The, you know, the legal thing is done, but there's still, uh, uh, you know, there's still a connection. And I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking, look, if you've ever loved somebody, you're always going to love them. There's always going to be a room in your heart. Uh, when Debbie called me this week and she's sitting right there with her boyfriend, Shannon, but we're laughing about certain things and talking about certain things. It's just a connection I have with her that I will always have with her that doesn't need to be severed. Ken knows it. He's fine with it. It doesn't mean that we're hanging out or that I, we're not technically, she may watch this because she watches them. We're not even Facebook friends. We don't need to be, but yes, there's a, there's this space that we had together, not just 
having Judah and Jonah, but building a ministry together and a certain sense of humor that we have together. And we, when we talked the other night, I mean, I haven't seen her since, probably haven't seen her since Jonah's wedding a year ago. But when we talked, there it was. And it's, it's not, it's not romantic. It's not sexual. It's not marital. It's just, yeah, we, we are in, I have a, a, a binding contract with you that is still bound in heaven that has that supersedes divorce and um, <laughs> um, so that's what I and I got this today thinking about the people who are coming to this dedication they're there because they have some input into these little girls lives and you know you can think about um, like I remember I had very little relationship with that I can remember of either of my grandfathers but I do remember when I first started preaching my my mom's father they still lived in South Georgia and he had taken like um he was like a um I guess you call it like a pastor emeritus at a little church of God down there in outside of Baxley. <clears throat> and he had become there and preach. And, and it was like old school Pentecostal people, you know, hollering and running around. It was, I mean, it was a hoot, but even at that early age, I had memorized a lot of scripture and I quoted a lot of scripture. Like I wasn't trying to emulate him, but he was known as the walking Bible. And I remember him telling me, I was 14, I remember him saying, it's the only thing I can remember he ever said to me about the ministry. Uh, he said, you know, um, you know a lot more scripture at your age than I did, than I did at your age. And he said, if you keep that up, you're gonna, you're gonna do something really amazing. He said, it's really, I'm really impressed with how you know the scriptures and how you can quote them. And he said, I just wanna encourage you to do that and and you know really keep that up well that's that's what especially back in the day that's really what I became known for you know we have uh, those washed by the word uh, series that's available on all platforms you can get it on uh, Jonah told me the other day he said, I'm riding around the car listening to washed by the word he said this is amazing and it's four full hours it's it's three CDs one of them is a two-part CD. So it's four full hours of me quoting scripture. I'm not standing there holding a Bible. I'm quoting scripture for four hours. And uh, why could I do that? Because my grandfather, when I was 14, said, this is really powerful in you. And I entered into an agreement. And it's always, always served me. I, no matter, I mean, I've, God knows I had so much vitriol come at me when I came out from the Christian community and it never, it, it bothered me for a while, but it never knocked me out because I knew the Bible better than anybody that was confronting me. Somebody wants to give me, you know, one verse in Leviticus, I'll give you 10 back to refute what you're saying. I'm like, come on, come on, let's go. You want to go, you really want to, you want to play Bible wars with me? Let's go. I got you. I can't, I can't get on a basketball court and beat you at one-on-one, -on -one, but I can out Bible you any day of the week. I don't care how religious you are. I swear I know me some Bible. I can, no matter 
how much you tell me about abominations and stuff, I can out-Bible you. And I finally quit it just because it just got boring to me after a while. After a while, I was just like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've read Romans chapter 1. Thank you. I've written a couple of books about it. But thank you for copying and pasting that to me. So, um, I want you to think about the relationships that you're in, how they affect you. There's some people in the say, pray for me. I'm like, I don't want to... It's pointless for me to pray for you because you're not in agreement with me. If, if, if you ever ask me to pray for you and I seem kind of reluctant, it might be a red flag to you because it, I'm, I, I want to say, call, you know, you need to call. I'll give you, I'll give you the name of some guys that you should call that you're in agreement with. I don't think I'm your, I, I think if I pray for you, it's going to be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. There's other people who really believe that I have a connection with them that can text me and say, hey, such and such is happening. Will you be in agreement? As God is my witness, I can give you a thumbs up emoji and I'll hear back in a couple hours. Wow, exactly as we agreed, that's what happened, thank you. Because you're so on the page with me, I don't need to, you don't need to um, uh, take time out of your day and me to say, our great, beneficent, almighty Father in heaven, we come before thee this day. I mean, that's just a waste of my time and your time. You can just say, I need agreement. I got you. Boom. We get back into it. So, I feel like this is really strong. I hope that you feel it um, as strongly as I do. And... Um, that's everything I wanted to say. I'll go read your comments and the ones I haven't read already. And uh, if you want to support what we're doing, go to bishinthenow.com and uh, you can give there. Thank you to those of you who continue that. Uh, if you want to give to me individually, I've got all the cash apps and I always appreciate that. And... Uh, Please sign up for the uh, meditation weekend if you want to go. And we'll see you in Chattanooga. And um, I love you. And I, honestly, I feel like most of you that watch on a Sunday, you, you probably already know exactly what I'm talking about. You, I might not, you, you might not have defined it like that, but you know that we have bound something on earth that is bound in heaven. That is bound in heaven. And, uh, and so that's where the agreement comes from. And that's where where at least two or three of us are together online, there is the Christ. All right? I got big love for you. Peace. See you in Chattanooga. Peace. Oh, I'll, I'll be on tomorrow night. I'll, I'll do... Uh, oh, thank you, Leona. I love you, sweetheart. Um, I'll be on tomorrow night at 11, 11 p.m. Peace. <laughs>